Welcome to Bandago Diddy Vision. This is your host, Clay Bandago Diddy Jackson. I welcome you back to my podcast. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. Yes, today, I just want to touch in with y'all real quick, man, and tell you about a story uh, about a time when I was going to go out and seek my first real job, right? So just a little background. Um, 18 years old, getting close to 19. And at this particular time, I had never really had a regular full-time job, you dig? I had odds and ends like everybody else. Um, I had applied to other places, um, but... Other places wanted you to cut your hair off. And at that time, man, I had a pretty long curl. I wasn't trying to cut my hair for no $5 an hour. That just wasn't what was going to happen, right? So at this time, I'm just coming off of probation for beating this case. And uh, I'm kind of lost and confused in the sense, like, what the hell do I want to do? I can't keep me in the neighborhood. But at the same time, these gigs are scarce. Well, everybody I know at that time was joining the military. So I was like, yeah, I'm not really big on the military, but at the same time, though, it beats being in the neighborhood. So maybe it's something I'll funk with after all. Right. So now I'm starting to look at the military and I'm like, what could I possibly join? So let's look at the Navy. The Navy is surrounded by all that damn water. You're on a boat. Yeah, let's keep it funky. I had a curl since, man, probably the fifth, sixth grade. Never learned how to swim. Never had a reason to learn how to swim was never on my radar to jump out there and, and just jump into some water and start swimming and acting a fool, right? Not my thing. So I kind of ruled that shit out because I know somewhere in there is a swimming exam and that's just not going to fly. Scratch that. So then I look over and I check out the Air Force, right? Man, I'm scared of heights. I don't really like flying. You're going to be stuck on these little planes and shit. Nah, I don't think I'm going to mess with that one either. Now, thing of some real shit, I didn't really look into all the details as far as you don't even ever have to get in a plane. But that's just my automatic thought process at that particular time. They're trying to figure out what I wanted to do and who I wanted to go sit down and talk to. So then we got the Army left, right? Okay. You know, most of the guys I knew from the Army, they came back. They were swole up. They were cut up. They were ripped. You know what I mean? They were in good shape. Granted, I'm going to have to cut my hair off, so I might as well come back looking like, yo, you know, little calendar boy man flexing on people and shit. Plus, you're on the ground, you're running, you're shooting, you know what I mean? They're going to send you on these trips to these different countries, you're going to see all these little fabulous places, and if need be, you could pop somebody and not go to jail as long as they tell you those are the group of people to go shoot, right? Can't beat that shit, man. So look, let me sit down and see what the Army has to offer. Well, same time I'm looking at the Army. I'm looking through the paper, and I see this little job posting for the San Diego Zoo. And the homies was like, hey, apply for that because the zoo is union. So you don't necessarily have to cut your hair off and all that shit. It's a union gig. They can't really discriminate like that. So check out the zoo. Now, I don't know, union, non-union, none of that means nothing to me. But I also see that they're paying you a little bit extra as opposed to these other places are paying you too. So I'm not crazy. I see the money in it. So I go. And I apply for the zoo. At the same time, I'm meeting with this recruiter for the Army. My guy seems real nice. He's giving me these brochures. You know, he'll pay for your college if you want to go back to do that. You know, you're going to see the world. You're going to be the man. You get these flying uniforms. You go all over certain countries. Man, these women love the military. Boy, you, you know, 
young guy, you're going to be sharp. You're going to be great. Everything is perfect. So I'm sold on that too. So a couple of meetings with him, I find myself taking a test, right? So I'm taking this military entrance exam, you could say. So I'm back there doing that. I'm taking my time. I'm not tripping. And this is when I first realized, you know what? This this military shit's not going to work for you, bruh. So taking the test. There's no time limit on this test. And my man comes back there. And he starts off kind of cool. Hey, is everything okay? Do you need some water? How's the test coming? And I'm like, oh, it's cool. You know, it's, it's cool. You know, I'm probably over halfway done. You know, just, just chilling. I don't need any water, man. I'm solid. You're only about a halfway done? Yeah, man. You know, everything's cool. I don't need anything from you. Everything is solid, man. Everything's cool. Why are you only about a halfway done? I was like, no reason. I'm just taking the test, bro. Like, what the fuck? So by now, I'm kind of like, why does he seem irritated with me? But at the same time, I'm like, I'm irritated with this fool. Like, what the fuck do you want, bro? So he looks at me and he's like, well, let me get this understood. You've been back here for X amount of time. You're only halfway through the exam. And this is when that shit took a turn. You're only halfway through the exam. A little bit more than halfway through the exam. Most people finish this exam in yada, yada, yada amount of time. You know, this will not be tolerated. This is not acceptable. And if you plan on joining the army, we need a better performance than this. You need to be better than that. You need to be better than this. I'm like, yo, bruh, hold the fuck up. I'm like, first of all, you didn't tell me there was a time for this shit. So I'm just taking the test. Second of all, I'm still a fucking civilian, partner. So calm down. You know what I'm saying? Because this isn't going to work off top. Aki, I don't know where you're going with this, but I don't really need to be here. No, 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 no. You're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm just trying to help you to understand that this is where our expectations will be. I was like, you did. You really did just help me to understand that if I sign these papers with y'all, you're going to treat me like shit. It's because I'm already seeing it and I haven't even signed anything with you. So, so at this point in time, there's no reason for me to finish this test. No, please stick around, fill it out. Well, yeah, he wants me to because now he's about to lose some kind of little recruiter credits, I guess. But I'm 18, almost 19. Now I'm full of testosterone and like, nah, bro, this fuck that. I'm out of here. So I bounce. Now I'm back in the neighborhood and I'm talking to the homies. And I'm just like hearing all the stories like like we're watching Boys in the Hood. Black man has no rights being in the army. There's no place for you there. Yeah, OK, cool. I, I get it. Whatever. So I get a phone call. It's the San Diego Zoo. Now, I didn't think really I would get a phone call from the San Diego Zoo because let me tell you how I applied for the zoo and then you'll probably understand why. So when I got the application from the zoo, I took the application home and I had my homegirl come through because I'm like, I don't even get what this shit's about. So she's reading the application with me and I'm just like, yo, customer service. Do you have any customer service experience? Hell no, I don't. Because the only job I had, somewhat of a job, was dropping off blue buckets on people's porch for uh, recycling and shit when they were starting a recycling program. That's my only real experience, right? So I'm like, no, I don't. That's no customers in that shit. I sat something on somebody's porch and walked. So the homegirl was like, well, look, when you're out there slinging that shit, pushing whatever you're pushing, you're providing a service to somebody. The people that's coming to get it from you, those are your customers. So... Take the question at surface level. Do you have customer service experience? Yes, you do. Because you have customers that you're serving something to. And that's experience, man. Genius, right? That's what I'm thinking of her at the moment. Man, this girl is a genius, yo. This this girl got game. We were playing these people. Cool. Next question. Do you have cash handling experience? 
Nah, because my thought process, they mean when you're on the register typing in this money, count money back, shit like that, right? Nah, I don't have that kind of experience, man. That That's another question. She looks at me again. Do people pay for their products with a check? No. Credit card? No. Cash? Yes. When they give it to you, do you ever make change, homie? Yes, I make change if these fools don't have the exact amount. So sometimes they come with change, but I throw that shit at them. Okay, well, you can't throw your change at people if you get a regular job, but yes. So all of that shit, minus throwing the cash at people and throwing change at people, yes, you have cash handling experience. Bam. Genius again. So I jot that down. Yes, I have cash handling experience. Now I need work experience. And this is where if you have a group of people around you that can support you with their thought process and they think outside the box and you got a good group of people like a good team of people you can accomplish anything right so i'll call a relative and i'll tell him about it he's like oh man that's not even a problem dude put my name down as your manager and put this down as the name of my business they're gonna hit my cell phone man bam you solid all right cool i need another one same thing with another relative put it down man they're gonna call my line solid So now I have two jobs that I never had, but I got cash handling and customer service experience with both of these people. Perfect. Submitted my application with all that made up information. And then bam, like I told you, the zoo calls me, come in for an interview and I get the job. Now for that, I do want to thank the courts and the police department because they did teach you how to turn it on and off and talk to people in a polite, sensible manner when you're trying to get something because you can't really curse out a judge and expect to take your ass home, right? I don't know how many times y'all have been in front of a judge, but you do learn how to speak completely different. So now you fast forward to how things are now. They turn that into a nice little proper phrase that they like to call code switching. So I guess I've been code switching since I was 18, 19 years old. You feel me? So anyhow, I code switch and end up with this gig at the zoo. Strange as hell because I'm going from the free world, no uniform, no balls, no schedule, breaks, lunches, whatever the hell I want to do is when I want to do it. If I want to get up, jump on a plane and dip up out of town, I'm a dip. If I want to make a Vegas run, whatever the case is, you know, I'm, I'm going to go. I can do whatever I want, man. I'm young and free. So now I actually about to have a job with a boss and a clock and get paid every two weeks. What the fuck is that? I'm used to getting paid every minute. Anyhow, that's a whole nother podcast, right? So we get back there and they're doing this uniform sizing. So you talk about an uncomfortable moment in your life, right? They come out and they give me these little khaki shorts. These little khaki shorts stop in like the middle of my thigh. They hip hugging. I can't even put my money, my keys, nothing in these little pockets. Then they give me this little young white t-shirt with a snake on the front of it and a tiger and some shit. And I'm just like, yo. This is hella uncomfortable. All of a sudden, now the military ain't seeming that damn bad. You know what I'm saying? He might have talked to me like I was a shit. But I ain't going to be out there in this little tight-ass village people's uniform either, right? Like, this is some interesting shit they doing. So, I finally talk him into some pants that ain't really much better. But then I get a t-shirt. The t-shirt that I get is cool. I can work with the t-shirt. I can live with that, right? So, now it's time for register training. So, we go out in the back and... uh they have this little fake register set up, and we're going to start doing this whole cash handling experience, right? Now, keep in mind, I don't know anything about this cash handling, at least not in the corporate manner of cash handling. But you got kids back there who have already worked at other gigs, at other fast food gigs. They should be a leg up on me, right? 
So the little happy, perky, go lucky girl, she starts teaching us how to handle this cash. Count it back this way, count it back that way. Well, prior to getting this gig, I've counted cash. I've counted a whole lot of cash, probably more cash than I was ever going to see in one register, two registers while I was at the zoo. So I get up there, I blow through it. So now we got to work on this customer service thing. Because on my previous customers, I could curse you out. I could kick you in your ass on the way out. If you brought me the incorrect amount, I could throw that shit across the parking lot. The whole nine. Well, you, you can't do that shit at the zoo. Maybe even freak some little family out, right? So at this point, I'm just like, all right, cool. How do y'all want me to do this shit? So I ended up working at this joint. I learned all the little processes and procedures I'm supposed to learn. And I go from being just on the register to what they call the lead and assistant lead. It's, I guess, like a supervisorial type of thing, right? I turned this job into a seven-year gig. Eventually, I tell the guy at the Army, let it be, man. I'm not coming back. I don't need y'all. I'm going to keep this shit pushing. But the point I'm making with this whole podcast and this whole story right here is you're going to have comfortable situations. You're going to have uncomfortable situations. You know what I'm saying? Everything I did started off super uncomfortable. You feel me? I'm coming off of beating the case and not doing three years. I'm about to go join the Army because I think it's a way to sneak out of a situation. And that shit went terribly wrong from the meeting with the recruiter. I go over to this job at the zoo where I finesse every single thing on that job application to make that shit seem like something that I know what I'm talking about and I know that what I'm doing. I get to the zoo and finesse the interview, pick up everything and start code switching back in the early years and find success, become hella comfortable with some shit that was so odd and awkward in the beginning. Mind you, I was comfortable with late nights in parking lots with people, standing in front of buildings, taking chances, going to jail, moving fast, moving quick, you know, life and death situations. I was comfortable with that shit. But the thought of standing in somebody's work environment with a uniform on, talking to people in a nice manner, uh, making legit money, slow money, but legit money, scared the hell out of me. But that was one of the first steps that I took in making life changes. And that was the first uncomfortable situation that became uncomfortable with employment. And then from there, we just kind of elevated and moved on to other things, right? Look at how I did the application. If you just read it for what it is, we all have experience that they're looking for. It's just the way that we figure out how to word it to our advantage. Cash handle experience, slinging shit to fools in an alley. That was cash though. Customer service, them same fools that I was cash handling with. Took the whole thing and tweaked it. Knew when to smile and when not to smile. Put on a whole different act. And ran that situation and it worked out for me. So it can work out for you too if you focus on what it is that you're trying to do and you truly understand that situation. As long as you speak to somebody in a confident manner, like you know what you're talking about, they're going to believe that you know what you're talking about until they can prove you wrong. But by the time they prove you wrong, shit, you already got what you're looking to do. You're moving on from that. You can laugh at them at that point and be like, yeah, I knew nothing about that shit. People do it every day to this very moment. I work with people right now who finesse their way into a situation and don't know shit about what they're doing, but they sold it somebody that they did good enough for them to get the position and they're still able to keep that position. Can you dig what I'm saying? So I'm not going to hold y'all's whole day up, but I hope you enjoyed this little tidbit of information. You know, smiles, games, shits, and giggles. Uh, and I do thank you for tuning in to another episode on my podcast. Again, this is Dago Diddy Vision. It's your boy Claiborne Dago Diddy. And uh, I'm out of here, man. Thank you.